Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode, so we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a cold beverage, and let's talk everything there is to know in Louisiana outdoors. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call. Hey folks, welcome into a new episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and I am so glad to be back with all of you this week, guys. I know it's been a couple of weeks since uh, we last spoke, since we got together and we were able to do a podcast for you guys. And uh, man, I have to tell you, a lot has been going on over the last couple of weeks. We are now sitting here at fe- on February 11th. We are a couple of weeks after the season. The waterfowl season has closed now here in Louisiana and uh, and really just got a couple of weeks left in the entire hunting season. If you're looking to do any kind of hunting whatsoever, whether it's small game or whatever it may be, uh, we're now almost at the, you know, at the midpoint of February, a couple of weeks left to get that stuff tied up if you're looking to get in the woods and do some last-minute hunting for the year. And then that's going to be a wrap, guys, for the 2021-2022 season. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, we are just now getting to get back and do a new episode with everybody. Uh, First of all, thank you for joining us. If you're tuning in this week, we appreciate you tuning in with us. As always, um, I I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate that whenever we hear the feedback from the episodes that we do and you guys participate and uh, enjoy the shows that we do. So thank you so much as always. And thank you for tuning in this week as, as you normally do. But like I mentioned, guys, we haven't got together in a couple of weeks. And I have to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, I have been out of pocket. And it really started heading into the last week of waterfowl season. We had some plans to make a couple of last-minute hunts uh, as we headed into the last week of the season. And lo and behold, I've been one of the lucky ones that over the last two years has dodged the COVID-19 bug, guys. I have been very blessed to not have experienced it up until just recently. And when I say that, guys, I have been fighting COVID-19 over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, contracted, or I, I contracted it heading into the last week of the season. Like I said, we had a couple of hunts planned that we were you know, planning to get on video. We wanted to bring you guys some footage of. And all that stuff got sidetracked because of this fucking awful virus, guys. And I, I came down, my wife ended up catching COVID-19. We, she got COVID. And then lo and behold, a couple of days later, here I come and I, and I catch COVID as well, heading into the last weekend of the season. So you can only imagine how pissed I was. I'm still pissed when I think about it, you know, but unfortunately that's just the way it goes. We don't have a say-so, you know, in that type of deal. But, uh, but I, when I tell you COVID has kicked my ass over the last couple of weeks, guys, I'm telling you, I was, it has kicked my ass. Um, I was, you know, of, of 
you know, everybody you hear when you hear them talk about how when they got COVID or if they had COVID, they all got different symptoms. Everybody, it affects everybody differently, you know. And my wife, she caught it, and it was more of a, of a nasally type deal. It was a sinus type deal for her. Well, in my situation, it wasn't. It was a little bit more severe for my situation. And uh, I had the fever, the achiness, the chills. And I have been fighting a, 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 you know, a uh, fever, I'm sorry, off and on for two weeks now, guys. And I am just at the point, as we sit here today on February 11th, I'm just getting to the point now where I'm getting over it. And uh, and it, it derailed my plans for the end of hunting season. But, you know, that's just unfortunately the way it went for me, you know. But, uh, but you know, looking back at the season, I don't want to deter it. I don't want to. I don't want to look back and say, you know what, uh, I didn't do this right, I didn't do that right. Um, even though we all, as hunters, critique ourselves and we critique our seasons every year, uh, we look back at things that we could improve on. Uh, really, guys, I, I, I've been excited. You heard me talk about it throughout the split, throughout the first split, the second split, when we did our shows. We talked about how we were very happy with the way we hunted this year. And, uh, and really, looking back now, having some time to kind of scale back detox a little bit uh now since the season's closed it, I, there's really nothing that i would change looking back at what we did this year and the way we hunted this season i have to say it was a out of all my seasons hunting throughout the years this season has probably kicked my ass physically and mentally more than any season i might may have ever went through and uh you know, when I say that, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because trust me, I'm not complaining. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we are blessed to go out there and hunt every hunt we get an opportunity to go on. And that's the way I feel about it. That's the way you guys should look at it. And uh, and most of you do. We do it because we love it and we do it for our, the experiences and the passion of it, you know. And, uh, and that's the way we are. But, you know, looking back at this season, when I say it kicked my ass, it was a grueling season for us this year here in Louisiana. Uh, whether you had a good season or you had a not-so-good season, a lot of people that I talked to this year said that they gave up either, you know, A, they gave up early and they hung it up, or they just, you know, they stuck it out and they grinded through it, but it, but they were physically and, and just emotionally wore out, you know. And it's funny because we all see, you know, on social media, you'll see that meme a lot of times pop up, you know, hey, heading into duck season and they show Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, all all nice and groomed and looking good heading into duck season. And then they always show at the end of the, coming out of duck season, it's that uh, it's that 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 picture they show of him from the Revenant. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with that reference and that movie reference, uh, that he's just broken down. He's a broken down man. He's torn up. Uh, got attacked by a couple of bears. If you ever saw the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, and that's what it feels like coming out of hunting season a lot of times. If you stick it through to the end, then, yeah, it's sometimes we all feel like that at the end of hunting season, you know. And although none of us wanted to really end, there's a part, there's a small part of us that all are kind of, you get that sigh and that kind of deep breath to take and, and say, okay, it's just about over. We're going to, you know, we're going to do the best we can and we're going to get through it. And then we're going to, we're going to be done. We won't be able to do it anymore until next season. But a part of us is always a little happy with that, knowing that we'll have that time to kind of rest and sit back and relax a little bit. And, uh, and you know, that, that's pretty much the case for me. Uh, 
I can tell you, man, as I'm getting older, guys, it is not getting easier. I'll tell you that. I'm not an old man by any means, and I know I always reference myself as being an older man. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm maybe older than some of you guys that listen to the show. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm a young man still, you know. And I still have that passion to pursue public waterfowl hunting. And that's what attracts me to you guys as a new audience to share our experiences with. And that's probably what attracts you guys to us to listen to the show because you like hearing about other people's hunting experiences, especially something that's unique to our state here in Louisiana. Uh, We all want to hear stories and hunting stories of what's going on out in the field. Um, You want to share those experiences and you like to hear experiences that other people have. But uh, I can tell you guys that I feel every year, I feel it a little more and more. Um, It gets a little tougher but I still haven't lost that passion to go out and pursue waterfowl on public land uh, here in the great state of Louisiana. So until I lose that passion, which I, I always tell my kids, I don't think I ever will, then I'm going to continue to pursue it. I'm going to continue to go after it. And I'm just going to sit here and bitch to you guys a little bit about it at the end of the season when I tell you I'm tired and I'm worn out, like many of you probably do. So that's just uh, that's what we do. That's human nature. You know, that's what you do. But uh you know, I can tell you, getting a little bit older this year, you feel it a little bit more at the end of the season. Um, and we just went through a lot, man. People are going through a lot of shit nowadays. Um, whether it's, you know, it's it's what we talked about, how, you know, you might get might have got sick. Some of you might have battled some of that through hunting season. Um, you know, it, it could be a million different factors that play into that. But, um, you know, the conditions, the hunting hasn't been great on public land over the last several years. Uh, and that gets tougher every year. So that puts a lot of stress and strain on a public land hunter. Um, you know, and then just other factors play into that. You know, this year, looking back, like I said, we, we did it. I feel like we did it right. We did it according to the game plan we kind of set for us for the year. Um, and you guys who follow us know that me and Jackson hunted together all season long. And I have to tell you guys, I'm so proud of him. Man. And I know I mentioned that a while back, but when I look back, at this season and and that's one of the things that i reflected on over the last couple of weeks when i look back at this season guys my my 12 year old he hunted as a 12 year old this year jackson you guys are familiar with him if you follow the show and i can't tell you how proud i am of him as a father to see the progression of him this season as a as a hunter especially as a waterfowl hunter um he learned so much this season whether it was, a, you know, learning experiences that were for the good or learning experiences for, that were for the bad, uh, he learned something this year and evolved throughout the season as a hunter. You guys saw him on our videos that we put out there this season. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, he made mistakes. I made mistakes. We all make mistakes, you know, throughout the season. There's little things that we look back on the season or specific hunts and we say, man, I wish we would have done that differently. Or, man, I wish I would have took that, that shot on that bird. Or I wish I would have held off and maybe let those birds work in a little bit closer. Whatever it may be. Um, we all have those experiences. And you know what? That's what makes our experiences and our sport so fucking awesome, in my opinion. Because, you know, you look back at it and you say, you think, it, you know, at the end of the season to yourself, you say, well, I learned something from that experience and I'm going to do this a little different next year. Uh, you know, or, or, hey, I did it right. And, boy, how pretty was it when those birds worked in and, you know, I, I didn't fuck that situation up. You know, I didn't I didn't stay grinding on that duck call when those birds wanted something real soft that day. 
Um, so it goes both ways. But, uh, you know, looking back at my son, you know, and the and experiences I got to share with him this season, that was the number one thing takeaway that I'm thankful for this year, guys. Um, you know, seeing him and having so many opportunities this season for him and I to hunt together, um, I, I wouldn't change that for the world. I could tell y'all right now, guys, that if y'all follow us and you know Jackson by now, he is still ate up with it so bad right now. He's pissed. He's literally pissed off because the season's closed right now. And uh, and you can't, you cannot teach a kid that. You know, that's something that us as hunters, those of us who, who go at it and grind at it like we grind at it as public land hunters, uh, or even if you're a private land hunter and you just ate up with it and you've never lost that passion, that's something that none of us could have talked to us. You either have to have that grind or you just don't have that grind. And not every, it's not for everybody, you know? And you guys that, that, that have it, you know what I'm talking about. You know, um, and that's okay if you don't have it. If you're one of those guys, you enjoy making occasional hunts throughout the season, and you just want to go out there and have a good time with your buddies and, and have a good experience, there ain't nothing wrong with that at all. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And you may say, hey, I enjoy doing that, but, man, I ain't, I ain't going out there and hunting every day possible that I have the opportunity to go out there and hunt. Uh, I just get too wore out. You know, I do have some buddies of mine that, you know, through the years, that's what's happened to them. You know, they just, they, it wore them out, you know, hunting public land here in Louisiana, just literally wore them down. And a couple of things typically happen that I've seen over the years when that happens is those buddies of mine either gave it up altogether and they started deer hunting or they started getting into fishing more in all season, that type of stuff. Or, they, they were just the type like we are where they couldn't get enough of it and they grinded and grinded and grinded throughout the season and they just can't get enough of it, you know? And uh, and that's 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 kind of where we find ourselves. I find myself now at my age still being like that, you know, even though I'm worn out or, or I may get drugged down and wore out, you know, at certain types of the, times of the season, I, I still can't get enough of it, you know? And, uh, and to see Jackson, what he's you know, where he's at in his early stages of his career, man, I have to tell you, he's going to be, you know, it's only a father's hope that he'll be like that for many years to come. And he'll be able to pass that love and that passion for the, our sport on down to his children, you know, in the next, you know, seven, eight, ten years, wherever it is that he decides to have children, you know. So really my biggest takeaway, my biggest win as a father this year, as a hunter, is getting him educated, getting him acclimated more and more with waterfowl hunting and seeing those experiences he got to go through this year. So I'm really, I'm, I'm proud of him as a father. I'm pleased with, uh, you know, my ability and schedule capability to be able to get him out there this year and get him on a bunch of hunts. So that was pretty cool. So, you know, we started out the season and, uh, you know, on a, on a good note this year, we started out, we got – uh, invited to go down to the coastal zone with a buddy of ours this year. We made a couple of good hunts that you guys know. If you followed us throughout the season, you kind of know we, we've documented how the season went for us. Um, I can tell you, the, the, I talk, we're talking about being tired and getting wore down. When December came around, guys, it, that's where it hit me. Um, you know, December got really tough for us here in Louisiana this year. And uh, those of you who hunted through the whole season, you know that. We had, uh, you might have had a pretty successful first split, which went, you know, well for some people. It didn't go well for some other people, you know. Uh, not everybody had good first splits. We were blessed. 
we had a good first split, uh, especially public land hunting. You know, we were very blessed. I felt I felt that we had went down to the marshes. We had made some good calls. Uh, we decided that we were going to stay in the marshes first split this year, and uh, and those hunts paid off for us. You know, we were able to put birds on the strap, um, and it and it worked out really well. Um, I think, and I've mentioned this to several people, that I think we got an early push of birds this year, uh, especially early on in the first split. I believe that we had a push of mallards that came down this year, and I know some of you are probably saying, man, I never saw a mallard. I never saw a mallard this year. I still don't see mallards. I never did all season long, but I'm going to tell you guys that there were mallards that pushed down early this year for us here in Louisiana. More numbers of mallards that I saw early on in the first split this year than I've seen in years. And uh, even though numbers don't always reflect that from the hunts, we were able to see more more uh, migration of mallards early on this year than I've seen in a long time. So I believe that we did get a push of big birds early. Uh, not only mallards, that we had some gadwall, we had other species, widgeon. Uh, there was more widgeon killed this year that I saw on hunts and that we experienced on hunts than I've seen in several years uh, down where we hunted in the marshes and areas like that. Um, also central part of the state, uh, more numbers of widgeons than I've seen over the last several years. So I think that we got that, that push of birds early on this season, uh, in the first split. And I think that helped those of you who had a successful first split. I think that had a lot to do with the success early on that you had in first split this season. Um, then, like I said, guys, where the grind got tough, where it really got tough for a lot of people was when December hit. If you guys remember, looking back at December, that's when the temperatures started warming up. It got extremely fucking hot here in the state. Uh, all the South experienced a big heat wave. We had higher record temperatures than we've ever had. On, on When you look back at history and numbers, record high temperatures for December, I, th- I believe it was actually the second, if I'm not mistaken. They said it was the second warmest December that we had on record for a waterfowl season this year. And when those temperatures warmed up, guys, it got really tough. If things shut down, a lot of the birds left that were here from first split, and they started migrating, in my opinion. They started heading back up the flyway. Um, you know, and you could see it in the numbers of gadwall that left the marshes. You wasn't seeing the number of gadwall show up anymore when you were making those hunts. Um, you could see it in other numbers and other species as well. It just really seemed to lock down December and make December really tough for us. So we lost, you know, as hunters, we lost a lot of that month, that that almost entire December, we lost a lot of the numbers of birds that we had holding in the state, you know. Um, And that was the case, seemed to be kind of all over the state, you know. You had certain areas that were still holding birds, but they even guys that I talked to across the state that had been holding big numbers of birds, they were holding multiple species throughout the first split, and when that cold or that warm front hit, that warm weather hit in December, it really knocked a lot of the species out of their areas, and they were only holding certain birds that were still remaining there. Not that they weren't having, you know, any hunts, successful hunts, just that the number of species tend to knock back quite a bit as far as what was being seen. So that warm weather really put a hurting on us this year uh, in December, and that knocked things back for guys. And that's when I saw this year that a lot of people either hung it up, they folded it, or they just stuck with it and they tried to keep hunting. And, uh, you know, we got to a point, I have to be honest with you, in December, I got to a point where I was starting to get just tore down. I was wore out. 
because, you know, we work normal jobs like most of you guys do, nine to five jobs. You're trying to hunt, you know, in your off time and your off days. And I try to hunt every off day that I have. I try to make hunts if I can. And uh, and Jackson was out of school during that time frame, during December. Uh, the kid's out of school, so they trying to. he's trying to hunt as much as he can. And, and if it wouldn't have been for him, guys, I would have probably missed a couple of hunts and, and kind of tried to catch up a little bit, you know, on my rest. Uh, the way I was feeling because we weren't having as much success in December and it was really starting to wear on me, I have to admit. But lo and behold, that, that boy, that 12-year-old boy of mine, he, he was like, Dad, we got to go. We got to still go out there because you don't know if today's the day that we're going we're gonna to kill him, you know. And he kept me motivated, man, I have to admit. He, he stayed on my ass. He kept me motivated, and, you know, I'm glad he did when I look back at it because there was a couple of hunts. I'm going to be honest with you guys. There was a couple of hunts we had. Some of the, the, I guess you could say, even though it was slow, it was a couple of hunts that we had that were our more successful hunts in December that I would have I would have stayed home. I'm just going to be honest with you. I would have stayed home because I was wore out. We weren't seeing the numbers that we had been seeing, you know, previously in the first split. And if it wouldn't have been for him getting my ass out of bed and saying, hey, let's go, then I would have, excuse me, guys, on that, but uh, I would have hung it up and I would have have packed it in for a couple of weeks until we started getting some cold fronts and some cold weather. But he got me out. He said, we got to keep at it, Dad. We're going to keep going at it. We're going to change things up if we got to change them up, and we're going to adjust, and we're just going to keep adjusting. So I said, okay. I said, you know what? If he has that much drive and he's ready to go, then we're going to go ahead and we're going to pursue and we're going to push through and we're going to fight this motherfucker till the end. And that's kind of the attitude we had, you know? And uh, and I'm glad we did, guys, because we learned some things. Um, we adjusted. We made some plans to adjust going into that second split and that later part of the season. And, uh, and, and was it a knockout, you know, the end of the season? No, I'm not going to say it was a, a just a fucking blowout of, of, of an excellent second, you know, split and close to the season. But we were able to put birds, continuously kill some birds, um, and put some birds on the straps and make some good successful hunts. So I'm very happy with the way we, we pushed through on that. Um, you know, and what we ended up having to do, guys, we, we adjusted. And what I mean by that is we decided – you know, we had spent a lot of time in the marsh in the first split. Through December, we were in the marshes still. We were still trying to push through, kill some birds in the marsh. And uh, and I told him, I said, we're going we're gonna to go to the timber in the second half of the season or, you know, that last month of the season. We're going to go to the timber, uh, and we're just going to change it up. We're going to go after wood ducks if we need to go after and kill some wood ducks to make some successful hunts. Uh, And if we get lucky and we have some other birds, some other species in there, then you know what? That's a fucking win for us if we get that, you know? Um, And that's what we did, guys. We ended up pushing back towards, uh, more towards our camp where we have in the Chafalaya Basin. We started hunting Sherburn more towards the last month of the season, um, which in, you know, history, in those areas, you guys have heard me mention this before, that we have had success over many years in that last month of the season pushing into the timber in those WMAs like that. Uh, whether it's Sherman WMA, in the past we've hunted places like Buff, Spring Bayou WMA, many, many different WMAs. We typically would like to go to the timber and start killing some of those those weary, you know, mallards, gadwall, widgeon, uh, just your, your typical puddle ducks that, 
you know, tend to push into the woods second split of the season. So that's what we decided we were going to do. We uh, we kind of picked up our setup for the marsh for the most part, and we said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna move west. We're gonna go to the camp. We're gonna spend some time there, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna hunt ducks in the timber is what we're gonna do, and that's what we did. So when we got into there, guys, we were hoping for you know colder weather coming out of December to kind of change things up, and lo and behold, we were very blessed to get the cold fronts this year. We were lucky. God blessed us with some cold fronts. But what we found out very quickly was that those cold fronts wasn't equating to shit. They weren't helping a whole lot uh, with the with the migration for us. They really never did help us a whole lot, um, at least where we hunted at. Um, you know, it just didn't push big numbers of birds in, and, you know, like it used to. And, and we've talked about that, guys. You guys have heard us talk about how things have changed over the years. Uh, you've heard me talk about some of the better days or on those south wind days where you get those little warm fronts come through um, where it pushes, you know, that wind starts pumping up. You might get some rain coming in, but you get a good south, southwest wind. And, uh, and that seems to be your better days now. Those days of these cold fronts coming through, these big Arctic blasts coming through, like we got second split this year where we had these big cold fronts pushing through. Guess what, guys? That did not do shit for us here in Louisiana for the most part. And most of you guys will agree with me on that. You may disagree with me, but most of you that hunted public land, or even if it wasn't public land, maybe you were on a lease, most of you will agree that these cold fronts this year did not do shit for us. Uh, to help us really second split and close out the end of the season. Um, it's just different, man. I don't know what it is nowadays. I'm not sure what the situation is, why these cold fronts just don't push the birds down here to Louisiana, guys, but they just don't push them down to us, you know? It, it tends to move birds out of our areas a lot of times. It, it hurts us more than it helps us. And uh, even though it's more favorable for us to, you know, hunt as hunters, and it makes it more comfortable for us. It doesn't really do a whole lot for us or didn't do a whole lot for us this year, um, you know, with the cold fronts that came through. And how how many places that you talk to would tell you that a cold front, like we had several cold fronts, would push birds out, you know, like we saw birds get pushed out this season as we got ready to wrap up the uh, end of the season. There's not many places. Uh, you know, most, most of you know that, you know, or around the world, in the flyways, you're going to want those cold fronts to come in and, and bring birds in. But you know what? It's just not the case here in Louisiana anymore. And uh, and if you don't believe me, guys, trust me, look at the data. Take, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, you know, take data down and you, you collect that information throughout the season. And go back and look at the hunts from this season that you guys had. And it, you'll see very quickly that those better hunts that most of us have are on those warm front southwest south wind days. That's where the birds, you had better success on killing birds this year. And uh, and that was the situation for us as well. So, you know, whenever we got those cold fronts, like I said, it didn't really push in a whole lot of birds. We had the first big cold front that I can remember in January. That, that front pushed down a couple of big birds in the timber where we were. Uh, we were able to kill a couple of puddle ducks in the timber. That's the first time this year and the only time this year that we were able to get some of those puddle ducks in the timber. Um, so that front did move a couple of birds around to the areas uh, that we were hunting. But after that, it was done, guys. It was freaking over. Uh, we had several cold fronts after that that hit the area, good cold fronts, and it just didn't bring any kind of success for us 
Um, so what we did was we focused on wood ducks. That's what we went after. And we were very blessed in, uh, in our area where we hunted, you know, to close out the season that we had a very good crop of wood ducks this year. And you know what gets me, man, a lot of guys, you know, we, we had a lot of guys that, that kind of got interested, intrigued by us hunting wood ducks this year, closing out the, the end of the season hunting wood ducks. But we had a lot of guys that talk shit on wood duck hunting too. And, and I have to admit, not specifically to us. It was nobody that was rude to us about it. But it's like, oh, you know, you know, you you mentioned you killed a lemon today, and that's not a lemon. That's what you know. Not not you hear guys argue that they started arguing amongst themselves whenever certain guys would make comments, you know. And I saw I saw that on social media, and guys talk about that. But you know what? At the end of the day, guys, I don't think a lot of times people are trying to brag about killing a lemon so much. When they're talking about you know a wood duck lemon or something like that, they they're just you know, referencing hey I had a wood duck lemon or you know we killed a lemon today of wood ducks because that's what they were hunting, and, and you know what gets me is is how a lot of guys shun away other hunters from hunting wood ducks, you know. But at the end of the day, being a public land hunter, guess what? We got to grind, and and we talked about that how we all grind as public land hunters. So whether that means you killed a, a, a limit of whatever puddle ducks it is that you're hunting, or you out there grinding hunting wood ducks to be able to put birds on a strap and have successful hunts, then you know what? That's more power to you if that's the type of hunter that you wanna you wanna be. Um, you know that's what we decided to do. Yeah, I could sit back and say, man, I don't want to hunt wood ducks. Uh, you know, uh, fuck that. I'm not going out there and hunt three for three ducks, you know, and I have, I have buddies of mine through the years. They, they would, they would laugh at me or they'd say, Hey, fuck that. I'm not getting out of bed to go kill two wood ducks or three wood ducks or whatever, you know, the limit may have been that year. And, uh, I'd say, Hey man, that's perfectly fine. But I, I have to tell you, I've always enjoyed hunting wood ducks. That's some of the most beautiful hunts that you could go on in the timber and hunt wood ducks when you got large numbers of beautiful wood ducks, you know? And, uh, and, and yeah, I was even like that for several years where I had kind of got out of it and I'd go there and I'd beat the same old fucking drum and, you know, try to hunt mallards and try to hunt gadwall and whatever in the timber. And you just not having any success because there's just no numbers of birds there, you know, maybe that year or at that time that I was hunting. And I guess what? you may not like to hunt those wood ducks but none of us like to scratch on hunts you know I, there's not one of you listening to the show right now that's going to sit there and say man i fucking love zero and you know when i wake up at two in the morning to go public land hunt waterfowl hunt and i don't see shit all day and uh, i don't kill nothing you know i sure as fuck don't enjoy that you know and i know i'm cussing a lot on this show guys but i'm just keeping it real you know i'm keeping it as honest and as raw um, as I feel about it, you know, so hope, you know, bear with me on the, on the coast one. I, I'm sorry if some of the younger kids are listening, it's really not intended for them to hear, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you get the point. I don't enjoy scratching. I don't like zero. And so if I got to get out there and I got to adjust because we don't have large numbers of birds, which, you know, we haven't seen large numbers in years, then I'm going to adjust. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to hunt wood ducks and I'm going to go out there and have some successful hunts killing something that we do have numbers of. And that's my point I'm trying to make. I'm not going to sit there just because I want to get on social media and, uh, you know, go out there and show only hunts that I have where I have success killing puddle ducks. Uh, and not, you know, then you don't hear from somebody for two or three weeks because they, they're not shooting nothing. There's just no birds. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to hunt what's out there. And I'm going to try to make the most successful hunt I can 
on whatever species we have. And that's what we did. And when I say I look back at our season and we had an overall really good season, it's little things like that that was able to help us have an overall successful season this year. And really, that's what it may take, guys. I've mentioned that before. If, you, if you're if you tired of going out there, you're not having that success, you're not killing birds, um, you know, that's okay. That's okay. But I promise you, you're not going to sustain that those that 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 you know want to get up and go make those hunts for very long when you're not killing anything. So you know what? Being blessed to be a hunter here in Louisiana, we have large numbers of wood duck species down here in Louisiana. Find you a good hole. It took me several years over the last couple of years to find these areas we hunted this year for wood ducks. These specific holes we hunted, where we had a little bit of success and was able to kind of salvage that end of the season it took me a lot of time and a lot of effort of going out there and scouting these areas to try to find some of these these concentrations of wood ducks to make these hunts a little bit more successful as it gets tougher later in the year and you know what going into this season that was always the game plan that me and jackson had as we were getting ready to get later in the season we knew that we were going to have to do that uh more than likely that was going to be the case, and we ha- we had a really good feeling of you know putting in our scouting time over the last couple of years uh, that we knew that we could go to these specific areas and we would have some numbers of birds to be able to go out there and have an opportunity to shoot. So, well, you know, when you have that and you put in that time that that, that was feet on the ground, you have that scouting in your back back of your mind, knowing that you got some something to fall back on. Then guess what? It keeps you more motivated later in the season. And it gives you something to look forward to when things do get tougher with the larger puddle ducks don't show up, you know. And that's what we did this year, guys. So, you know, um, what I did learn, and one thing that, you know, as a content maker, guys, whether it's a podcast or it's a YouTube video, um, we got more into YouTube this year for you guys as far as bringing content to our YouTube channel. Um, And that's something that I was really hoping to get more content on. But I learned something this year. You know, talking about hunting marsh versus timber and the types of hunting we ended up doing later in the year. um, I learned that it was a lot harder as a film maker and a video, you know, content maker. I learned that it was a lot tougher to get content um, whenever you're hunting in the timber. So the marsh hunts, I can tell you, you guys probably saw more videos uh, from us early on when we were in the marshes, uh, and it was it was a little bit easier to bring that content to you guys. I realized very quickly that it was tough to film in the timber and get good footage in the timber stuff that was worthy of putting out on the channel, and uh, and you know that's something that we have to learn from this season. How are we going to adjust next season for the channel to get you guys that content? Because I feel like our our content that we put up on the channel. Uh, the amount of content, you know, was on a downslide as we got later into the season because I just didn't like the footage that we were getting. Uh, we weren't getting good footage. We weren't able to catch certain kills on film uh, and so on and so forth. And it's just tougher. That's what it was. It's not that we were trying to create less content. We just did not have the uh, the capability to catch that stuff and put it together in a good video for you guys to consume. And uh, that's something we got to improve on. You know, that's that's something coming out of the season 
that I look at and I say, okay, we got to improve on that, you know, for next year. And we plan to do that. We're going to look for ways to get more content consistently throughout the season. So looking forward to that. That's something that motivates me for next year um, as far as the YouTube channel goes. And I'm really excited about that heading into next season. But, uh, but yeah, you know, overall, guys, when we look at it, really, we really, we were here in Louisiana. It was not a bad year. It was not a total wash by any means. Uh, we we really happy. We hunted clean. We made a lot of good contacts this year with people that we met out in the field. That's one of my favorite things that you hear me talk about all the time, guys. The relationships, the relationships that we formed throughout the season. We met a lot of cool people this year. We got to hunt with several people this year um, that we just met up with on public land this year that we shared the blind with on a couple of hunts that uh, turned out to be great people, great people. Uh, guys that we hopefully are going to stay friends with, you know, throughout the, the years coming up and we may be able to hunt with again. So um, really enjoy that aspect of it as a public land hunter. That's something that I, I love doing every year. So enjoyed that. And really, I had a guy, I had somebody ask me the other day, he said, man, y'all had any experiences that were just bad public land experiences this year? And to be honest with you, we really didn't, man. We didn't uh, We didn't have any kind of fights with anybody or anybody try to start shit with us on any of the hunts that we went on. It was just overall just a really, really good season for us as far as the encounters that we had with other hunters this year, you know. And uh, and that says a lot for, for everybody who's out there hunting that maybe we all kind of learning a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe we, uh, we educating each other. We're talking to each other out there in the field. We listening to other people's content, whether it's podcasts, YouTube channels, uh, videos, that type of stuff. And, and, and as hunters, we just, I think a lot of people are just fed up with the way the fucking world is right now. You know, a lot of people are tired of the bullshit, you know, and us as outdoorsmen, we're a different breed. We're a different generation. Well, no matter what generation outdoorsman you are, we all kind of cut from the same cloth, if you know what I mean, you know? And I think people are fed up with the bullshit in the world right now. And, uh, and, and people are realizing that, hey, we need to treat each other a little bit better. And things are going to be turn out a lot better for us all in the end, you know? And, uh, and I didn't have any bad experiences this year with anybody on hunting land. Um, and I, maybe some of you guys have other stories and other experiences but overall man i have to say uh from the sportsmanship that i saw out there this year it was really really a good overall season you know because i've been doing it a long time a lot of you guys have been doing it a long time and uh when you look back at the end of the season and you could say man you know overall everybody seemed to hunt pretty clean you know there was no major confrontations i didn't really hear any big stories break this year of anybody getting into confrontations where guys were getting shot, you know, and fighting with each other, that type of stuff. Uh, you know, every year it seems like you hear those horror stories of guys that have accidents where somebody drowns and, you know, they jump in, you know, in the water and, you know, maybe they, they try to go out there in conditions that aren't perfect to go out in and somebody ends up losing their lives. You didn't hear a whole lot of that this year, guys. And I'm very thankful as a fellow outdoorsman that we didn't have to have those experiences this year and hear too much about any kind of stories like that so when, when i look at it as an overall you know season we were blessed we were all blessed if we had the opportunity to go out there and do it this season um you know and hopefully you guys had a good season where you were able to be lucky and kill a couple of birds you know that made you happy for whatever that number is 
that you hit this year or wanted to hit. If you didn't hit your goal, maybe you were close to it, and it's it's enough to keep you going and and keep you happy in the off season until a new season comes around. I know you know that's going to be the situation with us, but uh, but yeah, overall, I think you know when we look back at the 2021-22 season here in Louisiana. I think really in the grand scheme of things, looking at the birds that came down this year, it was really a win for us for the most part, considering we had, you know, a major hurricane hit the state this past summer uh, and really didn't know how that was going to be affected. You know, all you guys in the Lake Charles area, you know, in the western part of the state, the rice fields, all those areas, you guys had to go through two hurricanes last year. Um, you know, when, when you had two major storms hit Louisiana for last season, um, I think overall you guys bounced back pretty good this year. My, my friends that hunt that side of the state all all had some high points at some point or another throughout the season. Um, it wasn't a total bust. It might have not been a, a fucking home run season, but it, it wasn't a total bust either. You saw the western part of the state bounce back uh, from the, the storms that we experienced last year, you know, so that's a good thing. Um, you know, North Louisiana, you guys up in North Louisiana, it was a rough go for you this year. I have to say you guys probably had it worse than all of us throughout the state. Uh, just because due to the lack of water that we had up North this year, um, I know that several of you guys closed out the end of the season, the last couple of weeks of the season on a positive note. However, um, there were some guys that that I talked to, friends of ours that hunt North Louisiana, that some of the birds ended up showing up in North Louisiana later, right at the end of the season, and you were able to put some good public land hunts together. But for the most part, it was dry. It was dry in North Louisiana. Um, you didn't have the water that you guys wanted, and that made conditions and things a lot tougher for you this season. You know what, guys? I feel for you. You know, we've all we all kind of get our share of it at some point or another, depending on where we are throughout the state. And, uh, and you know what, next year may be the year for you. So, but overall it's, it was a good season. I think most of us are going to be very happy when we look back and we take away our experiences from this hunting season. Hopefully you guys look at it in a positive light and we need to keep educating, you know, new hunters to come to the sport, man. We need to keep growing it. And, uh, and I think we're going to be all in the long run, it's going to be a great thing for our sport. You know, I really do. And I talk about that all the time. So if you had the opportunity to go out there, take somebody new, uh, you know, that didn't have an opportunity to hunt before, man, congratulations. My hat's off to you. Pat on the back. I think that's an awesome thing. A kid, whether it's a kid, an adult, whoever it may be. Um, if you had the opportunity to take somebody out there hunting and get them introduced to our sport, man, fucking, I, I love you for doing that. You know, I really do. And uh, I think most of us that enjoy the sport and love the sport for what it is is going to feel the same way. We got to get out there. We got to introduce somebody every year to the sport. We got to get kids involved in the sport. We got to get adults involved in the sport. And uh, and guess what, guys? You're going to make some friends, long-term friends, when you see that happen and that magic come together where everybody gets introduced to it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited, guys. I'm really – you can hear it in my voice. I'm pumped up still. I'm passionate about it, and uh, and I'm really fired up. So now we got to sit back. we got to wait till a whole year from now, guys, and we got to sit there and be patient, get everything together, put up nice and neat, and get it ready for next season. 
and uh, and we're gonna do it again all next year, guys. So, um, but it, it doesn't end there. You know, it doesn't end there. We look forward to bringing you guys some shows, especially here at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. We're gonna bring you guys some shows in the off season uh, and continue talking duck hunting. And we're going to share some stories with you, some how-to videos. We're going to do some stuff and uh, and keep the podcast rolling in the off-season. And then as we get closer to duck season, guys, we're going to crank it up and we're going to get more and more episodes out there to you guys and keep doing what we love to do and share our experiences with you guys. So I just want to tell everybody that has streamed, and once again, I want to make this very clear, guys, that for all of you who follow us and support us, whether it's the podcast it's the YouTube channel, it's Instagram, wherever it may be, Facebook. I just want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. As the content creator for our channel and um, you know, a fellow outdoorsman, I can't tell you guys enough how grateful we are to have you as supporters of the show, of the podcast. Uh, listen to us, share your experiences, and listen to our experiences and come along with us. I can't tell you how grateful I am for that. Um, thank you so much for the support that you guys provide to us. And if there's ever anything we could do to return the favor, we are here. You can contact us anytime. If there's anything that you guys want us to discuss, talk about topic wise, uh, do videos on, feel free to reach out to us here at last stop waterfowl outdoors. We would love to do it guys, but thank you so much for the support, uh, of the podcast. You guys have made us, you know, believers in something that we just started out doing as a freelance deal just to have some fun with and uh, you know between ourselves and you guys have turned it into so much more than that that we we're so grateful we can never thank you for that for what you've paid to us in uh in those you know in in, in what you've shown to us so thank you so much but guys that's really that's that's the wrap-up show that i have for this season for the 2021-22 duck season uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to continue to bring content to you guys. So stay tuned and we'll get that information out to you when new stuff hits the uh, airways guys and new stuff hits the YouTube channel. We'll continue sharing that with you, but anytime you can check us out on our social media platforms, you can check us out the spot uh, on um, Spotify, Apple podcasts, iHeartRadio. Amazon guys now is streaming the podcast as well. You can tell your Alexa device to stream Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors and you can listen to our podcast episodes right here from the comfort of your own home or whatever Alexa device that you got, man. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, But until next time, guys, that's all we have for this week. This is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off. We'll talk again soon and you guys take care. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats. Or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors is brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. We offer some of the best soft plastics for bass, saccolate, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for the family fish fry 
or a heavy bag to win a tournament. We have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to place your order with Benoit Performance Baits today. Hey guys, are you looking to protect or give your firearm a fresh look? If so, let Wrap It Up Cajun Customs take care of it for you. We specialize in custom vinyl wraps in your favorite patterns from Mossy Oak and Realtree, as well as many others. Request a quote now by visiting us on Facebook at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs, or give us a call at 985-687-3953.